stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, and happy Friday. Welcome aboard along the Chorus Radio Network. Rob Breckenridge with you here this morning and uh, through next week. Once again, our number here in Calgary, 403-974-8255. Edmonton, 780-496-0063. Plenty to talk about this morning, including and especially the Alberta budget tabled yesterday afternoon. We'll hear from Finance Minister Travis Taves at 11 o'clock this morning, so just about an hour and a half from now. And we're going to hear from uh, some other voices along the way, including yours. You want to weigh in on this budget and uh, where you think Alberta's headed here. Not a lot of big surprises uh, in that budget yesterday. We are looking at about an $18 billion deficit, so that's slightly smaller uh, than the last budget. But in terms of what we saw, and it was an updated budget presented in November, very similar budget, I think, for the most part, uh, tabled yesterday. So a lot of big decisions uh, about spending, about sort of changing the, the way the government spends money, maybe even changing the way we generate money. Those decisions have been put off for another day. So it's uh, another year of borrowing, another year of, of adding some debt. And in trying to to get out of this whole pandemic situation, so there is additional monies here for uh, healthcare, for example. Uh, so, the, so there is more money being spent in certain areas. Capital spending is another. Some money being held back, shall we say, in in other areas. So, joining us to talk a bit more about uh, the picture this budget paints and uh, where Alberta is uh, is headed, at least according to these numbers, uh, someone who had uh, plenty of time yesterday to uh, go through it all and uh, break these numbers down, Trevor Toom, Associate Professor, Economics, University of Calgary, Research Fellow, School of Public Policy. Trevor, good morning. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. So as, as we look back to uh, late last year, I guess it was in November, when the pr- uh, province presented an updated budget, because certainly a lot had changed from February. But when we compare November to today, do, do we see a lot of difference? No, actually, the, the budget that we saw released yesterday really reflects very closely much of what we saw in November. So there wasn't really any material change in fiscal policy in the aggregate. There were certainly some changes in, in specific areas, increased Uh, health spending here in the budget. That is new, but that's basically it. So total operating expenses that we're projecting for the government. So the total spending on on goods, services, staff in the main ministry is of about $48.3 billion uh, for this year is only a little bit higher than the 47.5 that we were previously projecting. And, And all that growth is really in health, which is kind of understandable given the pandemic and spending to need to clear the backlog of non-COVID related issues as we get to the other side of this. So this is really a just hold the line budget, kicking cans uh, down the road. And I I think hoping that oil prices outperform and allow the government to balance early in a second mandate, which is presumably their goal, without actually raising uh, tax rates or new uh, new taxes being introduced. Well, and yet the funny thing is that's entirely possible. I know it's a mm-hmm. difficult game at the best of times to try to forecast oil prices, but there's certainly some some optimistic and bullish forecasts out there. But what, what is this budget uh, assuming? What is it forecasting for oil prices? Well, it's forecasting about forty six dollars uh, for oil prices this year, rising to about fifty six dollars at the end of the budget projections, and, and that's interestingly actually lower than where we see oil prices today. Of course, who knows where things actually end up, but it, it's entirely possible that in a situation where oil prices 
hover around $60 or so, the low 60s, uh, by about 2023, that the deficit would be just a little over $3 billion instead of the current 8 that we're projecting. And that means they're within bidding distance in 2024, potentially 2025, of actually balancing without uh, new tax revenues. So I think the budget and the overall strategy continues a very long tradition of Alberta uh, of gambling on oil, and it, it might yeah. just might work out this time. Well, yeah, we, we've been on this roller coaster before, haven't we, in this mm-hmm. province? Indeed. <laughs> so we need about a quarter of revenue to come in the form of royalty revenues to balance. Uh, and this budget doesn't change that uh, at all. Mm-hmm. It kind of hovers around that level. Interestingly, in 2020, we need about a third of the budget to come in the form of oil revenues, but only about 5% really is. And that gap between what we need and what we have has never been larger uh, in Alberta's entire history. Well, that's why we're seeing, you know, such such big deficits, 18 mm-hmm. billion in this budget, right? I mean, there's there's a need, or certainly the government sees a need for additional spending and maintaining spending, uh, but it's really hammered us on the revenue side, not just when it comes to to royalties and natural resource revenue, but even the the income tax that's coming in, right? If if people are earning Absolutely. less, or companies are earning less, or people are are out of work, so wh- what are we seeing, and are we seeing any signs of of hope on on the revenue side? So you're right that the biggest hit to the Alberta government's bottom line is, is from COVID is because of drops in, in revenues, resource revenues, of course, but corporate income taxes have declined significantly because corporate profits are, of course, low and oil prices are low here and personal income tax revenues are low and so on. So the biggest hit for us has been that drop in revenue. The increases in spending that we're seeing in response to COVID, a big chunk of that is being covered by the federal government, uh, which has boosted lots of transfers to uh, provinces across the country, Alberta included. So the the bigger reason for the deficit is the uh, low levels of revenue. And looking forward, resource royalties, income taxes, they do gradually recover as as, uh, economic growth is going to uh, restart this year and next and so on. But but it's not going to get up to levels that we were previously hoping for unless oil prices do outperform. So that's really the gamble here, that oil prices can hover around the, the low 60s into uh, the coming two or three years. And that would then allow the government to balance without the need to take on even uh, harder choices around raising taxes or introducing new ones. Well, you know, the, the forecast around oil prices, I mean, that, that speaks to the bigger question of, you know, economic recovery and, and the potential then that there could be a real sharp uh, increase in, in economic activity uh, if, if we can come out of this, this pandemic relatively quickly. So that, again, factors into budgeting is what kind mm-hmm. of growth forecast are, are we relying on? And we've had some, some years of pretty uh, weak growth in Alberta, even, even years of recession. So wh- what is the government forecasting on that side? So in, in terms of economic growth for this year, they're, they're projecting it's going to be about 4.8%. Uh, Next year, 3.7 and 3.3, 3.1. These are actually not uh, overly optimistic projections. Of course, there's a huge amount of, of uncertainty here. But if we look across all the variety of uh, private sector forecast projections for uh, the coming year. The government's really projecting something kind of in the middle and, and frankly, at the lower end of what a lot of private sector forecasts 
are projecting uh, for growth. Now, of course, this is a uniquely uncertain time that we're in right now, but it's kind of the thing about about roller coasters that we we tend to, to rise. They've they go down often, but sometimes they they go up, and that's got to be the government's hope here. So obviously, big decisions regarding spending, big decisions regarding revenue, those have been put off to another day. And mm-hmm. you know, there, there's going to be a need to have that conversation. And you got sort of both sides of this, Trevor. Those who say, look, if we had taxes comparable to other provinces, we wouldn't have much of a deficit. If we spent comparable to those other provinces, we probably wouldn't have a deficit. Maybe the answer is mm-hmm. to be found somewhere in between. But, but what do you make of, of those conversations? Well, I guess I don't want to be too hard on on the government in terms of saying they've avoided any difficult decisions. They, they have engaged in spending restraint that has been their fiscal policy um, really goal since uh, 2019, their first budget after the election. And they have maintained that exact same uh, goal throughout uh, this this pandemic, and they appear to be committed to it for the coming years. So bringing Alberta spending per person down to what we see in BC, Ontario, and Quebec. It looks like they will achieve that goal in 2022-23. Now, one can agree or disagree with the merits of that goal, but it has meant that the deficit projections are lower than they otherwise would have been. Just for some perspective, had we kept spending growing with population and inflation uh, since 2019, then the projected deficit for 2023-24 would have been about 16 billion rather than the currently projected eight. So the spending restraint has roughly, in a sense, cut in half what the fiscal challenge is. And the other half would need to come from the revenue side of the budget, either through tough choices on taxes or through oil prices saving the day. On the question of debt, right, and, and you know, it's it, we're getting into territory that maybe Albertans aren't familiar with, or it's been uh, kind of a generation since, you know, th- this has been a big part of the conversation in Alberta, but uh, that debt continues to ride, arise, and, and with it, so too do, do interest costs. And, uh, you know, the number we see in the budget, it's, you know, it's a number that, that obviously continues to increase. What kind of an impact is that having? So the, the rising debt level that we're seeing, so we're going to be in March with a debt-to-GDP level of about 20%. Now, that is a higher debt-to-GDP ratio than Alberta has seen since the 1930s, and about double what we saw this time last year. So a very sharp increase. But relative to other provinces, it is still relatively low. It's it's too early to tell, but basically BC, Alberta, and Saskatchewan are now roughly tied for having the lowest uh, debt to GDP in the country. And the government's commitment is to ensure that that level doesn't rise beyond 30%. Mm-hmm. And it looks like by about 2023, we're going to approach about 27%. And so in that sense, we're, we're getting close to the government's own ceiling here. So something might have to give if oil prices don't um, reform. But what that means for uh, us, uh, I guess, as, as individuals, is that, of course, rising interest costs mean that uh, spending will be uh, lower on programs than they otherwise could be, or that taxes will need to be higher than they otherwise could be. So there's a real opportunity cost of, of that rising interest, and that gets to about 3300000000 billion by 2023-24. It, it, it's still entirely manageable. I'm not uh, trying to say that the debt levels that Alberta is incurring are are leading us to a potential crisis in the same way that 
for example, Newfoundland actually genuinely might be heading towards. Uh, Alberta's in a situation that's entirely manageable. We do have the, a strong balance sheet still and the capacity to, to carry this. And then going forward, if we want to bring that down, bring that debt to GDP ratio down, then that's also possible through either continued spending restraint in the future or some tax reforms that can allow us to save more resource revenues or use resource revenues to to repay the debt that we've been incurred in this past couple of years. So that's going to be something to watch over the next year. The government has said and recommitted again that they will have a panel look at the revenue structure of the province. And that's um, probably where we're going to see some really difficult uh, discussions, even if not to raise revenue, but just to change the structure of where our revenue comes from. Hopefully less resource revenues, more uh, stable uh, sources um, through taxation. Well, by the way, and this this stood out to me, and I, I don't know if I was reading it right or not, but is is the, the debt interest cost this year a larger number than the, the amount of royalty revenue we have coming in? That is close. Uh, okay. <laughs> or I should say that for this year that's ending, so the 2021 uh, fiscal year that ends in March, the debt service costs there $2.4 billion, and uh, resource revenues projected about $2 billion. So indeed, interest costs okay, exceed close. resource yeah. revenues, but that uh, that won't be the case in, in the upcoming 2021 fiscal year, or at least it's not projected to be the case. All right. Well, we appreciate the analysis uh, and the insight, Trevor Toom. Thanks so much for making some time for us here this morning. You bet. Thank you. Much appreciated. Take care. Uh, Trevor Toom, Associate Professor, Economics, University of Calgary, research, uh, research Fellow of the School of Public Policy. So some thoughts from, from Trevor Toom on what, what we see in this budget, what it tells us about the government's priorities and plans going forward here, and some, some modest assumptions when it comes to forecasting oil prices, forecasting growth. And that's an area where governments in the past have gotten into trouble on both sides, right? Like, where are you getting that number from? Why do you think oil prices are going to get that high this year? That seems crazy. Versus, why did you assume that they would be so low? And now we've got this big surprise, you know, gusher of, of revenue coming in. So, especially right now, you know, where, where oil's at, where we've seen it recently, but even some forecasts suggesting it could potentially at $100 a barrel. Yeah, it's that's tricky. And so I, I think given all of that, what the government has laid out here in terms of some forecasts seem pretty modest and, and pretty reasonable. And if we get some pleasant surprises, well, all the better, I guess. But I mean, this can't be the long-term answer to Alberta's problems, is it? Just wait for the roller coaster to, to come around again and rescue us. So some big decisions are going to have to be made at some point. So when and, and what? What do those decisions look like? So we're going to hear from the Minister, Finance Minister Travis Taves, 11 o'clock this morning. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about debt, a new study of this week from the Fraser Institute coming up after uh, 10 o'clock here. And uh, time for your calls along the way. Again, in Calgary, our number here, 403-974-8255. In Edmonton, 780-496-0063. Rob Breckenridge with you here on the Chorus Radio Network. Right, welcome back. Rob Reaganridge with you here on the Chorus Radio Network. So we'll hear from Travis uh, Taves coming up at uh, 11 o'clock this morning. And so we'll put some of these questions to him uh, about the decisions they made, the path they've opted for here. As Trevor Toom said, this really isn't significantly different from what was tabled in November. It's kind of a, a hold-the-line budget, add more spending to health care, so there's also more spending here on, on the capital side, capital spending. So and, and I guess that's obvious. 
whether you agree with it or not, but I mean, the thinking is is clear. You know, they want to make sure the healthcare system has what it needs to get us through the pandemic and, and to try to spur some economic growth through capital spending. So is, is that enough of a, a groundwork uh, for some economic recovery coming out of this pandemic? And when are we going to have that conversation about really a fundamental overhaul uh, of how we uh, spend money in Alberta or even how we collect money in Alberta? And the question was put to the minister, and, and we'll uh, ask him about it today. Uh, but one quote from him yesterday, he said, quote, I believe that it would be very appropriate and important to appoint a revenue panel to test the efficiency and appropriateness of our revenue structure. But right now we're focused on the job at hand. So similar to what we had with the blue ribbon panel, looking at how Alberta spends money, maybe something similar down the road in terms of looking at how Alberta generates money. Part of the question is, what, what would we do in an ideal world with uh, revenues from natural resources, royalties, etc.? Does it make sense that that be a part of the budget each year, that that go into general revenues and, and that money be spent? Should that money be put aside? Should that money go into the Heritage Savings Trust Fund you know, or earmark it in, in some other way? Because that's going to shape the conversation on, on the revenue side. If we're going to keep relying on it, as we are, and if it's going to bounce back a little bit, then okay, that, that gives us some room to maneuver here. But if we're going to decide at some point to get off of this roller coaster, so you're taking that out of the mix. So either that means cutting spending even further or finding something to replace that. I mean, obviously, the sales tax uh, question is out there, not something the government's looking at at this time. And look, it wasn't something that the previous government was willing to look at either, even if they were maybe more inclined to, uh, to support a uh, higher tax sort of regime. A couple texts here. This one says, uh, what value would an HSD have to be to make up a significant portion of our oil or resource revenues? Or at least evening out the resource revenue yo-yo. From what I've, I've seen, you could sort of associate more or less a, a billion dollars with a, a percentage point on the sales tax side. So a 5% sales tax would generate a, you know, $5 billion a year, give or take a little bit, but I think that's the, kind of a rough estimation of what it would represent. So, I mean, you, you could tack that on to what we have now. I think that would be a lot less popular. But what about the idea of, of a tax shift? Do we have an ideal tax mix as it is? Certainly, there's a very credible argument to be made that income taxes, both personal and corporate, are, are much less efficient and uh, certainly more damaging to the economy than consumption taxes. So maybe we want to even that out a little bit. So you could lower uh, income taxes and bring in a sales tax, for example. Another text here says it's so frustrating to listen to these so-called experts insisting that Alberta needs more revenue sources. The facts are clear. Pre-pandemic, if Alberta spent the same per capita as British Columbia, Alberta would be running a 4 to $5 billion surplus. As it stood, it was a $10 billion deficit. Cut expenses now. This is a concerted effort by the unions and professors at universities to compel Albertans to bring in a sales tax when it is not needed. Well, okay, maybe. I, I don't know what, what vested interest professors at universities have. I mean, Janice McKinnon, is at the School of Public Policy, the University of Calgary. You know, she was the one who led the Blue Ribbon Panel on spending. So I, I don't know that it's, it's something that university professors are necessarily predisposed to. Uh, I think professors of economics, for the most part, would tell you that in terms of efficiency, 
in terms of economic impact, certain taxes are preferable to others. I, I don't think that's an unfair, controversial statement. Uh, there's another point here, too, about pipelines. Uh, this text says, Rob, if price remains constant, you'll increase volume, you'll get more revenue. We need pipelines. Demand is returning, close to what it was prior to the pandemic. If the world doesn't buy it from us, they'll get it elsewhere. You know, and here's the thing, right? I mean, you know, pipelines are coming. We're making progress on Trans Mountain. We're making progress on Line 3. Uh, unfortunately, it looks as though Keystone XL is out of the mix. Um, but but even if Keystone XL was still on the table, you know, we're still a, a little bit uh, a ways away from, from those being operational. There is the concern that, that's come along with some of those uh, bullish forecasts, about $100 a barrel or more, is that we might hit a supply crunch. And part of that speaks to a lack of capacity or lack of investment in infrastructure through this pandemic stretch. So that'll be interesting to see if that kind of a scenario plays out, what, what it means for supply, what it means in trying to get product to market, what it means for Alberta in, in lieu of this capacity crunch that we're still dealing with. So yeah, absolutely. I think that that's going to be a big factor. All right. Like I said, we'll talk a bit more about Alberta's debt situation coming up after 10 o'clock. We'll have more time for your calls and your texts. we get the finance minister at 11 o'clock, so much more still to come. We are back after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.